0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and Getting ready
1: to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? buckle up sweet cheeks
2: that's all we need
3: we've got all the experience in the world woo, this woo. is i want your flex with dan buyer and mike harman mike and dan
4: break down everything you need to set your lineups from position rankings to starts and sits the guys help you make those hard decisions and now let's get your flex on here's dan buyer and mike harman
2: Welcome in. It's now a postseason edition of I Want Your Flex. Mike Harmon and I, over these next couple of weeks, we'll have a lot of different content for you. We'll take a look back at the fantasy season. We'll also look ahead at what can happen in the 2023 NFL season and who you need to put on your fantasy team and start buying up. It is all coming over these next couple of weeks. And just a reminder, this is a podcast that throughout the season, we do two episodes a week. Now in the postseason, we're just doing one. So you're going to get one each week all the way until the week after the Super Bowl. Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. The executive producer is Ryan Bershinger. Find him on Twitter, at Ryan Bershinger. And Mike... Uh, it is. It is all in the books. The regular season complete. Our playoff field is set, and heavy hearts over week eighteen, but it just felt really good to get back to football. Good vibes in Buffalo. A really, really good way to put a end on the twenty twenty two NFL regular season.
4: No, and that's it. As you know, we saw the tributes to Demar Hamlin throughout the league. You get word that he's now heading back to Buffalo for the next up updates and next work on his rehabilitation following the the cardiac situation and and he's been able to get out of the Cincinnati uh, recovery space I know Bursch was in Cincinnati uh, for a couple of days this weekend would love the perspective uh, from from being in there but yeah I mean week 18 had a weird feel to it right who's playing who's not which is why you know, for adding it to your fantasy leagues to crown a champion becomes a difficult proposition. In some leagues, the communication I know was a sparse, if anything at all, as to how the week was being handled, and you know, was fo- was it just declared a final, uh, as it were, with that week 17 game between the Bills and Bengals not being made up, but. Uh, getting back to just the business of watching football and screaming at a television, and hate watching if there's a player that you don't like. <laughs> sure, that's that's where we're at. Back into the fandom of it, Dan.
2: The uh, the funny thing is, is we had this debate on the last episode and how you handle this postponement. And our league, our ten person league, our this is our twenty fifth season. We did a bunch of different stuff this year. It was, it was a really good year, and it just Obviously, you had the heavy heart because mm-hmm. of Damar Hamlin and were totally affected by that. But when you found out he was okay and you were relieved that not only was he okay, he was doing really, really well, you, you you started to look at, okay, what do you do with week 18? And I talked to the guy that I was facing in the championship game, and we were both like, you know what, It's it's it doesn't feel like it's complete. Like there, there has to be something done, and the reason in our game is I had Josh Allen and T. Higgins, and he had Joe Burrow and Stephon Diggs. So those are two pretty big players. It's not like it was Evan McPherson and Bill's defense, even though Bill's <laughs> defense had quite the day on. In oh 18. yeah. So 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 we were talking, and I was in the I was trailing, and it would have been difficult for me to win. But he was in the driver's seat, and he said, you know what? He goes, I, I don't I, – it doesn't feel right to just end it and to just end the season. And our league, we made it work. We, we ended up voting. We figured a way out. We're going to use Week 18 stats for Bills and Bengals players only, and then if at any point the Bengals were to bench their starters or the Bills were to bench their starters, the results are void – and then we'll just fall back to what it was, and we agreed upon that. And at no point was there any benching between the two teams. You had competitive games, you had reasons to watch, and I ended up losing and felt great about it because it was actually complete. Like it was, it there, there was something fulfilling about it. Yeah, I lost, but we didn't we didn't end on a you know on a such a down note with the injury and sure. then just the game being canceled. I am so so glad that we went through and did it, and then when we look back, you're never going to be like, oh, remember that title that you won because the Bills and Bengals didn't play? We found a way around it. And I know not every league can do that, and I know not every league did that, but it just felt really good to actually put a period exclamation point at the end of, of our season by doing that.
4: No, and that was one of the compromises. You know, we, we suggested a lot of things last week as trying to figure out how to wrap it up, and that was – you know, one of the permutations. So the fact that you guys got to, um, you know, an amicable end to it and watch the competition play out, that's that's the perfect way to do it. I, I'm curious, you know, at Swollen Dome is where you find me on Twitter. Uh, for your per- individual leagues, you know, did you, did you declare it? I saw a number of folks that, that I've known doing fantasy for years, Dan, to where they just said, you know what, we'll split it. Sure. Right. It just it didn't finish. We'll split it, or we'll take a percentage out and either donate uh, to the toy drive, as so many did, and I mean some of the best of humanity going out there, or to local things of the same kind of ilk. So uh, a lot of good coming out of it, uh, and certainly one hell of a year. I mean, when you've got a, a year, I think it was sixty-seven was the final number of guys that started a game at quarterback, Dan. That tells you all you need to know to start your year. Only seven guys finished the entire season.
2: So was was so was Blau sixty four? Like I thought, I thought like he made it sixty four. Yeah.
4: So you had him, then you add Peterman. Oh, yep. Yeah. Then you
2: added um with, St- with Stidham, or was his uh, before that? His was already in. Okay. Uh,
4: Davis Webb. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then who am I forgetting? First, can
2: you th- anything? Uh, Sam Howell.
4: Sam Howell, yes. Yep, there it is. So there you go. So 67, uh, the total there. And, and just kind of looking at the, the numbers, because now this is a, the fun time to start looking at points of separation, the lines of demarcation, and, and how dominant some of these players were. But before we started recording, Dan, I mean, one of the, the highlights is the fact that we can now add not only playoff quarterback, but top five fantasy quarterback to Geno Smith's
2: resume. Yes. You know, there's... There, there is as, as a Seahawks fan and a lifelong Seahawks fan, I can tell you a lot of different, a lot of different playoff memories, good and bad, and a lot of the Seahawks bad. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll go through just a couple: Super Bowl forty-nine, one-yard line; um, Super Bowl forty, getting screwed by the refs against the Steelers; um, losing to Dan Marino and Dan Marino's final win. In uh, it was a 1999 season, um, I believe it was Marino's final season, and then that's when they lost 62 to 7 to the Jaguars the next week. But uh, but I remember the Seahawks won the AFC West under Mike Holmgren, and then like they were sp- should have beat the Dolphins anyway. The point being is, I also remember uh, them getting into the playoffs when they didn't have the winning record, and Charlie Whitehurst was the quarterback. And they won in, in week 17 or whatever it was. And I was not into that game against the Saints because I thought, geez, this team is not going to win a Super Bowl. There's no way they're going to do anything. Quake happens. And I'm like, geez, they're falling further in the draft. Like that's how I was thinking at the <laughs> time is he's pushing Saint after Saint after Saint. And uh, I'm I'm cheering, but I'm still thinking like, all right, is the this the best thing for it? I don't have any expectations for the Seahawks. I don't. I don't think they're going to go to San Francisco and shock the world on Saturday, but it was just fun. It was fun to cheer for the Lions. Sorry, Bursh. Sorry, Packer family back home. It was a fun time. It was. I just really appreciated just the playoff berth. It's almost like you know the small school that gets into the big dance. You know that that's the kind of feeling that it had on on Sunday night when the Lions ended up beating the Packers and the Seahawks got in. Was I know I know what the future holds. I, I, I'm understood. I'm good with all that. But I'm just going to enjoy this as it happens.
4: Yeah, I'll also just say the Week 18 gave us what the rest of the NFL schedule did. Some really bad officiating in all sorts of games. So... (laughs) I'm glad maybe it's the best cruise that we get for the playoffs so it'll look a little cleaner. But, uh, Birch, I'd be curious, you know, the the scene in Cincinnati, obviously a lot of emotion there, but Ohio just opening up for gambling. I mean, how many guys standing in line, and how many times did you run into Pete Rose? <laughs> or Bernie Grossart, for that matter.
5: Oh, no, too Uh-oh. soon? Uh-oh. <laughs> um, it was really fast. So I did get to go to the game uh, in Cincinnati, and it was really interesting hearing everybody around me talking about their bets almost the entire game like there were a couple guys in the row behind me saying I need this I need this they there uh, I think like half of us needed a T Higgins touchdown myself included so uh, <laughs> that did not that did not um, come through. by the
2: way hold it right there yes T Higgins had more points in the canceled game than he had uh, against the Ravens Mm-hmm. Like I like I, because on the Hamlin catch where Hamlin went into cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. it was a 13 yard catch. Yeah. T Higgins had one catch for seven yards against the Ravens wow. in Week 18. Crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
5: Uh yeah no I had I had a nice little parlay of a, a Bengals that went outright and T Higgins uh, receiving touchdown. Uh, <laughs> got one of those. Um but no it, it was as as far as the the atmosphere in Cincy itself in, in terms of the game and in, in terms of you know when I I got in on Friday. And uh, I I took an Uber from the airport, and the you know the guy asked me what I did, and I, and I told him what I do, and he goes, yeah, it's been a weird week here. It's been it's been a weird week. It, it, so it was on everybody's mind th- throughout the entire week, and um, at the game, you know, Bengals fans showed out. I I, I had a blast. Uh, the crowd was excellent and yeah there were there were signs for DeMar I I saw Bengals fans wearing Bill's beanies you know I I saw shirts being sold of pray for DeMar it was uh, it was very present and and uh, obviously we saw throughout the games throughout the weekend that that it was it was present everywhere but that that was the vibe there in Cincy man I just
2: and that's a short week too yeah you know I mean just there Monday night, and and yeah, no, back again. But what how, was it? Everything you expected in Cincinnati game atmosphere?
5: Um, I yeah, I I think so. It it feels like especially not only you have the the uh, getting to the Super Bowl last season, but then having you know really a team that feels better than last season's team at this point. Um, I, I think the the vibe there is is they're excited. Like I I think they are they are definitely. Uh, feeling great about the team it was you know i i haven't been to an nfl game in like seven years so it was it was awesome just to go to one but uh everybody was standing the whole time and and people were super into it um and everybody was uh passionate and nice uh so i i think that yeah no i i think that the the success that they're having uh that city's excited absolutely
2: Harmon, you got any random nfl games you just went to over the years like you're like, how the hell am I here? Or like,
4: oh, I well, I mean, we'd we'd end up in San Francisco a bunch when I worked at Yahoo. It's like, all right, you, sure. you want tickets, go go get them. Uh, so we, we did a bunch of that. But throughout my my travels um, on the East Coast, I, I'd get the wild hair every once in a while. So I lived up in near Albany, New York, and uh, my ex wife would would travel for work a bunch. So if she was out of town, it'd be like, all right, what am I doing with myself? I'd have a morning radio show and then would be like, All right, next, well, all right, get on a train and you know, I'd go to Baltimore randomly for oh, the day. Wow. Or I'd go yeah. to, to to go see a Giants or a Jets game, you know, out to Foxboro. I mean it was either sure. by car was like two, three hours, or you could take the train pretty much anywhere you wanted to go, up and down the eastern seaboard, just get to Amtrak and away you went. So I used to do that a bunch. And then, you know, once the kids came and, uh, you know, for a while, uh, sports was the enemy. Now they're curious. Yeah. And so now it's, you know, when you can try to to get them into events, you do. They're more concert and theater goers. But, you know, live soccer. And, and they've been to SoFi a couple of times out here in Southern California. So uh, for those listening uh, globally, uh, not to, you know, just say, well, j- just down the street, which it, which it is. But it, it's... It's kind of weird, you know, now now taking them because your your perspective isn't entirely different, right? You're explaining the game, you're being cognizant of everybody around you, whereas if it's just me, whatever someone wants to throw i may be on the losing end but it's only me i don't have to worry about their safety and what the hell happens if all hell breaks loose
2: <laughs> harman's going to random nfl games and getting in fights i love it no no, no just Brawling. the potential is there yeah, sure right sure. wrong
4: place wrong time yes by the yes. by
2: seats in the wrong section i think about that as well like if you know uh when i could start taking my boy to to games i think about that as well what you know the the chaos that is the stadium and and everything that comes with it i i've gone to a couple of random games but i'll i'll give you one i i saw a tennessee oilers game against the jaguars
4: oh wow was it thursday night football
2: no it was sunday afternoon 1998 wow and it was, and I, I, I remember it vividly. It was at, in Vanderbilt Stadium. Not only that, it was the final day of baseball's regular season. So McGuire hit 70 uh, that day, but the Jaguars beat the then Tennessee Oilers. And, and, uh, and all I could remember is the guys in front of me were talking about how much they hated Steve Spurrier just so random because it's an NFL Sunday and you know but hey you're in the state of Tennessee no that'll do it it fit at that time but that's that's my random so when you have a burst when you have a random NFL game you will always have Ravens Bengals week eighteen in Cincinnati yep that's well, with right
4: legalized betting season finale yeah. and, sure. no Mark Andrews <laughs> Lamar Jackson still a uh, ghost on the sideline. J.K. Dobbins sits down, but hey, you got that experience and you got to bet legally in the state of Ohio.
1: Yeah, That's- I did.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob, Kids, Megan Trainer, Bistle Fluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed
3: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I
2: yes, like does feel good. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of going to games, I just want to I just want to say this. Monday night, I did go to the national championship game at SoFi. <laughs>
4: How much did you eat, Dan?
2: Here, what, what did they have?
4: Did you get? Did you get one of those blankets and whatever that they gave to the media?
2: Here's they they they, they did get. They didn't, I didn't get a blanket. I'll tell you that. No. I did get. I did get uh, two packets of hand warmers. Oh, there you go. Yes, yes. Would you guys like to guess when I left? Like what the score of the game was when I decided to leave? SoFi Stadium. Half time. Thirty oh. eight seven. Okay, thirty-eight-seven. First, you got a
5: guess. Um, I will go with what what would be the next uh, forty-three. <laughs> what was 40, the next touchdown? <laughs> forty-five. <laughs> my my yeah. My math was wrong. I'd say forty-five. So I think I think in the third quarter. I think maybe you stayed for the start of the third quarter just on the off chance that maybe TCU was going to start to make it interesting. And when you saw them just uh, continue to just pummel them in those first couple minutes, you're like, yeah, this is this is fine. I've seen enough.
2: Birch is like right on the money. There we My go. Goodness, that's Beautiful. exactly what I thought. <laughs> and, and I did call at the end, Aaron Torres, Fox Sports radio host, uh, and I were sitting there next to each other, uh, two rows from the top. Great. They really treated the Fox Sports people great, uh, with a college football playoff. Like we were, we, we were up top. But I said, listen, Duggan's going to throw an interception and is going to add another touchdown and, and, that's how it's going to go into half. And what do you know? 38-7. To your point, Mike, I thought about leaving then. But then what Burr said, I just thought, you know what? I just want to make sure I'm not going to see or miss the greatest comeback in college football history. And so then when it was – they they punted out of the halftime, uh, both teams, and then I decided, all right – after the 45 to seven, I'm like, I think I can, I can make my way back. And, and so, so I was, I was gone.
4: Did you get any good in, in stadium entertainment while you were there? Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, because of the, the, the weather stunk. Yeah. Um, no,
4: well, you saw the TCU people getting rained on. Yeah, media, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. And I, TV.
2: I did work earlier in the day, so I left work. I didn't get, I actually showed up about 40 minutes before kickoff. So, uh, so it was able to, Time it pretty well, but didn't get a chance to do a lot of stuff there. But just see a butt kicking for two and a half quarters. That's uh, Yeah, so good job. Both very, very good guesses. Uh, Burst just uh, hit it on the head. Um, Are are you head over heels on the Bears getting the first overall pick? Uh, To
4: to a degree. I mean, obviously, it's the greatest December win Lovey Smith ever had. No, uh, he had a great, great run, uh, obviously, in Chicago all those years ago. I do dig the fact that he was still playing to win. Because remember, Indianapolis also has to play terribly to lose uh, and give up some big plays down the stretch. Uh, Now what's interesting in Chicago is all the narratives of the past and – the ghosts of GMs and front offices and decision makers and the family business of, of what this next iteration is for, for Ryan Poles and, and the decisions uh, t- that lie ahead, right? Some rumors that Kevin Warren might become the bears next president. You've got a hundred plus million dollars. Like it's like 123 or something thereabouts. Some rounding errors, of course, uh, of money to spend in terms of salary cap uh, space and then you get to decide how much you love or don't love Justin Fields in the process. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of decisions, and, and you control the world, right? Because you got plenty of teams that are obviously excited about the the players coming in at the quarterback position in the draft, but you also have the p- potential if, you say, you want to spin Fields off, I'm sure plenty of teams would just as soon say, well, he's got a couple of years of NFL experience. We'll give you X, Y, Z, and you can – really have a bounty of picks i keep joking about the trade it back to houston get a bunch of picks from them and then trade that houston pick back to indianapolis and all of a sudden you're king of the world (laughs) but (laughs) it it, it is an enviable position to be in given the bear's history yeah i'm I'm not going to do hot take artists like everybody else to the oh well they've always sucked like it's a new regime I'm wildly curious as to what the decision process is. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of needs on the squad from the offensive line where I think you've got maybe two or three pieces you trust. you got to decide if David Montgomery's coming back. If he's not, what's the running back market look like? Because Khalil Herbert, I don't know if he's going to be ready for opening day. Might be. but And then the receiving position. I don't care how many times Chase Claypool tells me he's a top three receiver in the NFL. <laughs> I just man, like, just, just, this is not the George Costanza. You're not lying if you believe it's true scenario. You still need to be able to put out uh, and put up numbers. So it's still huge questions there. Komet took a huge step forward. So between he and Mooney, at least think you have two pieces, but there, there's so much work to be done. Uh, in Chicago but you're at least working from a position of strength as opposed to years past and Nathan Peterman did the job he was hired to do in week 18
2: I am I am glad that the Bears have the first overall pick I just not it's not any I I like the Bears or dislike the Bears I just I didn't want Houston to have it again um right sure. I don't I, and 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 or, I mean just there's not a lot of buzz when the texans are you know on the clock and, and and that's like the you know like is and and it hasn't it hasn't been a lot they just seemingly lately have picked uh, early but um it's just different you know the bears being like you know that the storied franchise it's just a different feel and 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 so i didn't want it to be with houston even though there's the quarterback question in houston that i think is good for i just I I don't think people want to talk about the Houston Texans. You know,
4: I think there's a liking problem with the McNairs and the way things have been run there, certainly for a long time. Uh, The way they've treated coaches, right? Lovey gets fired. Cully was fired last year. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Right? Just spinning wheels and and churning guys out. Like, what are you trying to build? So to have a team that is that unstable at number one, I, I think folks are like, good, you didn't get it.
2: Yeah. I I, I was I, I felt good with that. Now I didn't feel good on how the Colts uh, allowed the Texans to win. And I, I was in a pick contest and I had some, you know, crappy weeks towards the end and kind of fell sure. off. But needed needed a lot that happened in the last week. And I I was all in on I was I was all in on the Colts. And so I basically had it I had the Colts winning Uh, on 4th and 12, and then they hooked up with Brandon Cooks to keep their drive alive. And then I'm like, all right, Colts are going to win. It's 4th and 20. What's going to happen? Like, I I don't think that teams tank, Mike. I don't think players tank. But if there was any, any possible way to do it, it would be how the Indianapolis Colts finished the last month and a half. 33 points in the fourth quarter to the Dallas Cowboys, blowing a 33-point lead to the minnesota vikings losing how you lost to the houston texans i mean it's it's amazing and i'm and i'm sure you know the the kid who missed the uh you know the bat it down was a rookie um and is thinking hey i get you know get my fifth interception second of the game why not go for it and then it goes through his hands and changes the course of nfl history yeah. But, like, my goodness, like, how in the world you, like, let these plays go by? And, and I saw the video of the Bears fans watching <laughs> watching it at Soldier Field on the on the screen and cheering when the Texans go for two or in the Hail Mary falls short for the Colts. But, man, just w- what a colossal collapse in so many ways by the Colts, which I guess is what they wanted since now they're picking fourth overall in the draft. I mean – just, just absolutely crazy
4: yeah in an insane game and certainly you know as I, I do the Sunday morning show with with Bucky Brooks and, and you uh, in the afternoons red Zone radio uh, with George Reister, um, you know Bucky and I talked about it a lot and I've been critical of the from the Texan side of it sometimes the conservatism and, and the way that that lovey Smith coached but going all the way back to his time with the bears but certainly you know you go back to the season opener with these texans mm-hmm. right and and the tie against indianapolis like you know you had an opportunity to go win this game and you you didn't and then in this one it's all right you're you're winging it around and i know they had the shot of ownership on the sidelines, salty as hell uh, as all that went down at the end. But for the Colts, man, a lot of talking. I saw somebody quotes from Jeff Saturday. Like, are you really coming back? And you like, Ursay, Like, I'm not a Ballard guy. I know a lot of people in our business are. Like, you, you want to keep trotting out the guys they have as quarterback. I got I got a vote of no confidence for you, uh, even though Ursay gave him one. Uh, <laughs> you can build the rest of the roster. Let someone else pick the quarterback. But, like... The way Saturday's talking is like he's setting up his installation, like he's gonna be there for a decade. I'm like, did anybody watch the decision making, the process, the procedure of how you guys went about this time while you've been head coach? How do you think you're you're a long termer here?
2: I, I I just wonder if he's following script. Maybe you know, yeah. like I I just I wonder, but I. I hey, could, Zach Moss looked good though. Could be I could be wrong. This <laughs> now. Uh, you mentioned Levy Smith; he's obviously out of a job. Um, as we get into this coaching carousel, this McVeigh stuff mm-hmm. is, and again, it's it's nothing, it's ex- nothing personal whatsoever, and it's not that I'm a Seahawks fan and and the Rams are a rival. I really like Sean McVeigh. Sean McVeigh is a really cool guy. We've been out at training camp a few times. I can't say that I sat there and had a conversation with him, but as we hung out in a group, absolutely uh, the best. Like there, there are guys who aren't, and he is magnificent. But something is rubbing me the wrong way about this departure and where it is, and and I get it if you just need it because maybe the grind is just too tough. But if he ends up stepping away with. Everything kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. I, man, it just, it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Sure.
4: It's, it's a complete kick to the uh, legacy or whatever you want to do. Like, great coach, but it got hard. Everything got mortgaged for one year and, and you, you step away.
2: Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I mean, I thought that bringing in Baker Mayfield helped rejuvenate what was going to be a tough final month of the season. And I think that actually, if you see that in the Rams play, it did. Like, I think it felt like it gave him more purpose. That it allowed them to do something and to get him. I mean, you go beat the Raiders. You have the great Christmas Day win. Heck, they almost go in Seattle and knock the Seahawks out of the playoffs. Almost, almost. Um, and maybe, yeah, that maybe, game
4: that game was weird to me. Yeah, like, that, it, like I, I mentioned, officiated. There's some. I just like. Can we get a point of clarification on some things here? Sure. But I mean, but, I mean we do that punter. with every game too. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, it was a bad call that did not go the Rams' way. That that's for sure. I just I, – I, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't because th- there's just a lot there. It's just it, – it, it it's one of those things where I'm afraid because I think that he's built up such a good reputation that this is going to make me feel differently about him, and I don't want that to happen. Like, there's there's a part of – like, I – and, and I would like to see what he can do with lesser parts and lesser pieces and and, and see how they can figure out a way and figure out a plan. I, I get the grind, I get, you know, all of that stuff, but in the end, that's what I would like to see from Sean McVay.
4: No, I'm, a, I'm 100% with you. It's that conflicted thing, right, because look, I, I'm feeling every bit of my age some mornings as I wake up and start creeping around. And you recognize sacrifices that you've made to your job, to things you do around the house, all, all of those, you know, time commitments and things that get pushed to the wayside. And I, and I understand, you know, as a newly married guy and trying to make sure relationships are on solid ground and time, you know, at FaceTime, not, not just the app, but FaceTime matters uh, in a lot of that, just being present, even if it just physically as opposed to you know all in you know no devices Jetersburg everything's in a bucket kind of thing, but I like there's there's that respect for hey man if you need it you got to go do it right we've seen young coaches in the past dip out Gruden go back to John Madden and and you could find a few others along the way we've certainly had plenty that cited the family or health thing only to reappear. 12 to 18 months later, and maybe McVay will be the latest there. But from a, all right, you mortgaged everything, blank those picks, star-laden squad, go give up whatever it took to bring in Ramsey, make sure Aaron Donald's happy, do all these things, make the trade to Detroit to bring in Stafford, all of it for that run. And you can never take that away, right? And that's the thing immediately. Does it have the same resonance? outside of uh, or inside LA as it does in the NFL as a whole. No. I mean, you saw how the response was like, "Yay, Rams." Uh and you move on. But <laughs> That's about it. but with Sean McVay, there's a bit of a reverence to the the memory, right? Everybody hey, he remembers every play from seemingly everything he's ever done going back to the first blocks he put together hanging out with his family as a as a toddler. But it, there there would be something to all right, it got hard, guys got hurt, Cooper Cup missed his time, Donald missed his time, Stafford, we don't know if he's coming back. Like Jason Cole was telling us this, joined us about a month ago, Smith and I on our show, and he said he's hearing whispers that this was the effect and case, and we talked about it. And people, some of the most hateful stuff I've ever seen, Dan, I the response wow. to us talking about it. It was like we we you know gone in and, and tried to do – uh, break down what whatever they hold most dear in their lives uh, by by even putting it out there and so it's like no it look I, I get it I think it's a grind it's it's not for everybody but if you were to step away when you you have the rebuild or re, retooling or whatever you want to term it I, I think I would feel cheated as to how much of a coach, like you gotta go through the highs and lows, I think.
2: Yes, yes.
4: Right. Like that's that's the big thing for me. It's like, all right, you had the pinnacle where everything worked, all those bets you went in, and you know, guys got hurt in that game against Tampa, gave you some opportunities. You had the play against San Francisco that everybody references with Tart and everything else. Everything went your way, and then you finished off the job against the Bengals. Bengals fans were still way too nice. This goes back to Burr saying how nice they were and welcoming and everything there. They were they were too happy to be there at the Super Bowl and after losing, but I guess they may go back, so we'll see uh if that uh, confidence uh was was you know well warranted. But yeah, if you, you have that year and then it gets a, a bit difficult and you say, you know, it's time to move on. I don't know. Yeah, it it, it kind of gets me.
2: Yeah, I, I just I, I don't I don't I don't want that I don't want that narrative to be around Sean McVay because I think he's such a good guy. Here, here's the other thing, and I was, here, final point on the, the coaching stuff, and then we'll move on to our, our final stuff of the pod. When you look at the jobs that are available, and if the Rams becomes available, that's six in the NFL. Which ones are really appealing? Like, I mean, the Rams are a rebuild. Arizona's such a mess. And now you got to deal with Kyler Murray. Houston is seemingly so far away. Like it it is just the the Colts. I mean, like I mean, is that appealing? Going to Denver and fixing Russell Wilson. Like is is like is Carolina like the top job? I mean, like that's where we are. Like in 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 looking at the landscape of the NFL and we're hearing all of the same names. We're hearing Shane Steichen, you know, we're hearing Ben Johnson, we're hearing, um, you know, Dan Quinn, and then, you know, obviously Sean Payton. And, you know, like with some of those coordinators, I wouldn't want those jobs. Right. You, you know, like, like you know, it, you know, if I'm Ben Johnson and, and you just have the success that you have with the Lions, like – Are you really jumping ship to go to the Houston Texans? Like, is is that what you really want to do? You want to go and try to sort out the mess in Arizona or maybe wait another year and then, you know, really have your, you know, pick of the litter if they're coaching i just none of them are really appealing for me and so that's i think i think the coaching cycle is going to be very interesting because i just don't know how many people are going to hitch their wagon to some of these awful situations
4: yeah it's tough because you see a bunch of defensive names attached to a bunch of jobs too of well this guy could get a shot get a shot it's like in the league as it stands now does is that where you go and no no offense to D'Amico Ryans. I mean, in Arizona, there's some rumblings that Vance Joseph gets promoted to the head spot. And from some reports, he's actually got a pretty good rapport with Kyler Murray. So maybe internally they think they can make that work with the right OC because the head man and he have a relationship. But to your point, I mean, Las Vegas has a bunch of players that you can at least say, all right, offensively, I, I can build with. Denver and Carolina, you like their defense, but with Denver, you mentioned Russell Wilson. Are you going to yeah. get him to buy into what you want to do? Like the only way that happens, I think, is if you have the guy that just has the ultimate and clout or sure. just personality, which means it's got to be Peyton or Harbaugh, I guess, if yeah. you were to look at the larger scale. Right? Those would be the only two I think that would come in and, and say, hey, Russ, this is the way this has to be. I would like to think Wilkes gets to keep the job in Carolina, but who the hell knows there. yeah. Right, He did a great job. But it always comes back to it's one of 32. Yeah. So if your your number comes up and someone wants to give you a five-year, 25, 30, 40, whatever that number is, million-dollar deal, and you're a coordinator, like say Ben Johnson, nobody knew who Ben Johnson was. Unless you're really paying attention to lying or being nerds like you and me doing yeah. this, doing this stuff. Nobody knew him until last night when he orchestrated what they did in the fourth quarter against the Packers. Or I should say Sunday night football, depending on when folks are listening well, to things.
2: There's there's the McVeigh factor. Everybody wants to find their next McVeigh, you right. know, so they're trying to go for the young mind. And, you know, we've talked about offense and defense. And, you know, the problem is if you hire a defensive head coach and you have a good offense, someone is going to pluck your coordinator. You know, and then you got to you know figure out how to how to move on from there. I just I think all of that makes it very very interesting. And and the final point I make, I think we're all actually pulling for Steve Wilkes to get the job because of how he got jobbed in Arizona in the one year. Yeah, I mean, look,
4: he was an unfortunate victim of circumstance, right? Of here is the perfect storm of the quarterback and the coach that you thought could get it done, and I felt bad for him. Yeah. Right. And and raw deal. And I guess you you take it out to the rest of the world. I mean, it happens in all walks of life and businesses and whatever. In the coaching world, it's just a different animal than it used to be. You know, building the program wasn't just a college concept. And now it's the one and dones. And the one job I don't know that I'd want unless they offered me just all the money in the world. Don't forget, no state income tax is Houston. Like, that's just a mess. And yeah. our guy, Brandon Cooks, had another big game in week 18 <laughs> and then said, beat it. I'm done with this.
2: <laughs> Brandon freaking Cooks.
4: <laughs> I, I had to get him in one more time as he had a hundred yard game.
2: Oh, man. he, he <laughs> The guy that I put so much stock in and then he comes through in week 18. Hey,
4: man, I thought that, Davis Mills
2: was going to be a, be a guy. So. That is just fitting.
6: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed
3: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
2: 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, putting a bow on this fantasy football podcast. Get Mike on Twitter at Dome. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. And get Ryan Bershinger on Twitter at Ryan Bershinger. Over these next couple of weeks, we're going to be going over all NFL teams and basically just giving you the the, the fantasy storyline that they brought to the table in twenty twenty two. Guys, tonight we're going to do AFC East. That's what that's what we've got on the plate. So, Mike Carmen, when I say Miami Dolphins, what is the top fantasy storyline from twenty twenty two coming out of the Miami Dolphins for you?
4: Well, you had the tandem of terror and the health of Tua Tonga they have to go tied together because
2: you couldn't leave one production. for bersh you know like i just need one you know like you, you got to take them both what's going on here <laughs> i got and then i'm stuck with raheem mostard you, you you're stuck with on? Mostert's hand <laughs> jason sanders um no the uh, punter
4: was really good no uh <laughs> no i'd say tyreek hill right I, obviously all the questions all the money everything else and backed it up didn't seem to affect the chiefs any but yeah. uh he he went in and he paid off for fantasy owners that bet on him because i mean that was a pretty large bet if you went in on him
2: burst what do you think the main storyline for
5: the dolphins um yeah i think the fact that you could have had both tyreek and jalen waddle and have a, a prolific uh squad at receiver uh, i think that that I didn't know what to make of the Dolphins offense coming into the season just because of the fact that Tua did feel like a question mark coming in, but he proved pretty quickly that he could be fantasy relevant. And because of the fact that he was able to be, then his receivers were exceptionally able to be. And I'll give you one, too. Jeff Wilson... uh well, when not he, you, no. Geez. Oh, now you well, got yeah, you got out.
4: nothing, Byer. <laughs> you get to talk about Mike McDaniel's yeah. press conferences. <laughs>
5: Um, no I think I I, when Jeff Wilson came over he he had a couple games where he was strong in that running game Um, but uh, there was another running back Uh, so Dan what do you think (laughs) (laughs) oh man I got
2: Mostert a couple of times I'll tell you that much I (laughs) the 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 Dolphins I'll tell you this you guys said Tua and you guys said both Tyreek and Waddle and while I think Tyreek Hill showed the nfl how great of a receiver uh he is and i felt that for years i just always felt that everybody thought he was a fast gadget guy um and he's not he's a complete wide receiver the my biggest takeaway is how viable of a starter Tua actually became where you were putting him in and you're like crap i gotta go up against tua and I never thought that that would be the case in fantasy football and it was, and that's that's my biggest takeaway. It's a
4: different it. world than where you came from. Yeah. There's no question about it. <laughs> but, yeah. I, it's a it, different it, world. See, now we can get a sing-along going. I actually did have Bursch, uh, Hill, and Waddle on uh, my guillotine winning team.
2: Oh, good for you. There, there you go. go. Yeah, not too, not too shabby. And if Tua would have just stayed healthy, he would have been even higher up uh, a lot of those rankings. Uh, that is true. Rankings. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Buffalo Bills. Biggest takeaway, Burt. I'll let you start.
5: Uh, that Josh Allen continues to be Josh Allen. That uh, you're you're going to get easily a top five fantasy quarterback year in and year out. Josh Allen. Um, I don't I don't think his rushing numbers were as prolific uh, this season as they were in the past. Simply because I don't think he had as many rushing touchdowns. But um, still, I mean, he's, he's he's gonna give you those numbers uh, because he he's that good of a quarterback.
4: Seven sixty two and seven on the year. There you go. Good All job right. by him. Uh, I, You know, we celebrated Gabe Davis. He had that huge game last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's like, how's he going to follow up? Uh, didn't have a ton of, of receptions overall, but finished with 836 yards, 17 average and seven scores. Uh, the problem was you had the highs and lows if you were riding it out with him. 93 targets, operational efficiency between he and Allen, not necessarily there. So uh, some overall solid numbers, and this is where the best ball comes in on a week-to-week basis. He was a pain in the ass. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember on this podcast I said you play Gabe Davis every single week because I just felt in that offense as the number two wide receiver, like you're playing other number two wide receivers in worse offenses, and he was boomer bust. There were some weeks where you were you were disappointed. Um, I, I I thought he'd actually be over a thousand yards this year, but it it, it did not happen. Uh, my Buffalo storyline. Um, goes along with Josh Allen. He single-handedly, this is a personal thing, was the reason I decided to go for it in the in in the fantasy playoffs because he was the guy that keeping my team afloat. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like there there are there are guys who put up points and and um, I know the quarterback position is one where you're just kind of like, well, you know, you could get anybody. And I just I don't I don't agree with that. Like I don't. I, I don't abide by that. And so I just think that like, when you had Josh Allen, like I did on my team, he was the reason that I pushed forward, and he continues to – I mean, they tried to get James Cook and Devin Singletary, you know, and I know Cook was a guy that you liked, and we saw a lot more of him, but it's still just such a Josh Allen-led uh, led stroll.
4: Finished second in fantasy points, uh, what, about yeah, just under a point per game uh, less than Patrick Mahomes, and a full – Eight points more per game than the 12th ranked quarterback, who was Tom Brady.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting, Tom on oh, TV 12. Hey, that, well,
4: he played, yeah, right. I mean, that yeah. when it all comes down to it, because I mean, if you keep going, Rogers 13th, Lamar Jackson was 14th. Oh, wow, and then Tua and 16th, Russell Wilson. Everybody,
2: <laughs> I mean, oh. Uh, uh. In Russ we trust, yes. We'll get to the AFC West at some point. Um, We've got the New England Patriots uh, up next. I'll start this out. Go ahead. How this season ended, as I just bit my tongue, I think they ran Ramondre Stevenson into the ground. I think they gave him too much of a workload. And I think what's actually going to be telling in 2023 is that Belichick will go back to being Belichick. So like my storyline with the Patriots, because I said on this podcast, I go, "Don't believe it. Play Damian Harris. Keep Damian Harris. Reminder: Stevenson is not going to break out. What happens? Damian Harris gets hurt, and then they put everything on Stevenson's shoulders. He did great. It was, you know, magnificent for a while. Had a great game against the Raiders. But down the stretch, you, I think you kind of saw him hit a wall.
4: Two hundred seventy nine touches, Dan.
2: <laughs> well, you know, like and, and I, abs-
4: the-, the only guy Bill Belichick has ever absolved fully of any mistakes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and I think that – but I think when they look back at the season, and depending on what they do offensively, I think they'll go back to their committee and making New England, again, the running back, you know, headache. And so I, I guess my takeaway is in a lot of different spots, but I think that 2022 will be the outlier as the Patriots go back to be the Patriots next year.
4: Yeah, my disappointment w- and, and the story here is that outside of Stevenson – yeah, Jacoby Myers had 67 catches. Did you trust a single New England receiver in your lineup at any point? No. Unless you had a bunch of bye weeks or injuries? No. They were non-essential and non-viable from the tight end and wide receiver position the entire year.
2: And I like Devontae Parker. Burst, you got any Patriot takeaways?
5: Number one defense in fantasy this season was the New England Patriots. Mm. And uh I think it uh, it it gives credence to the streaming strategy. Given that, like I I, we talked about a couple months ago, remember there was that when they came off of their bye week, they were available in well over half of leagues. They were it was they were rostered only in like a quarter of leagues, Uh, and they they took the field against the Jets and gave up three points in that game. this was a a very strong defense that you could have picked up really at any point throughout the season, and they would have uh, given you great production and finished as a number one defense. So nearly uh, a point per I, game better than Dallas. There
2: we go. I, I here's my lesson on streaming defenses for what you just said. Championship week, mm-hmm. uh, I have the Forty ers They're going up against Jared Stidham. No. Oh goodness! Thank goodness! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the guy I'm playing has the jag uh, picked up the Jaguars because they had the Texans, <laughs> and the Jaguars take one to the house. Stidham lights up the Niners, and while it wasn't the difference in the game, it was a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like in, yeah. into that point of I loved having the 49ers defense throughout the season. Then when winning time comes, completely crap the bed for me. Yeah, completely yeah. makes sense. All right. Final one, and we'll end with a J-E-T-S. Yeah. Jets, Jets, Jets. Mike Harmon, the floor is yours. Your fantasy takeaway from Despite the Jets.
4: Despite playing only seven games, Brees Hall was the Jets' leading rusher on the year. And he is uh, he's a would-be superstar if he can stay healthy. So uh, I'd go try to fleece the... Uh, the guy by that has him in your league, if you're in a keeper league, by saying he's a jet and he's hurt, because I think he's a special talent.
2: First, I was going to cut in line, uh so I would leave you with nothing. But uh, <laughs> what do you have? Because I think there's only one other option with the
5: Jets. Oh, uh, I know. But- and I-
4: Flacco is elite. <laughs>
5: No, you know what? I'm I am going to leave that on the table because I have a, an overall takeaway from the right. Jets this season.
2: Do, do, do you want to give it now, or should I give the?
5: Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Garrett Wilson, you know the the Buckeye, former Buckeye. I think that he is going to wreak havoc uh, in the NFL once they find a quarterback and once they find a line to block for that quarterback. Um, it, Brees Hall was a bright spot until he blew out his knee. To Mike's point. The other bright spot was how Garrett Wilson just became the man for the Jets.
4: Finished 21st, despite having Mm -hmm. no quarterback and no line and no running game. Hey, how'd they put it together? And was
2: a leader, you know, like the Seahawks give DK Metcalf, you know, a contract and he's sitting there pointing in the face of Jalen Ramsey and headbutting him when your playoff lives are on the line. And didn't get flagged for it, so good for him. Yeah, yeah. Right, Somehow your, got away with it. <laughs> Bursch, what's your overall thought on the uh, the old J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets,
5: Jets? I think to uh, to link these two guys together is the point where um, I realized that I was not afraid of playing Jets anymore. Like, <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there were actual viable plays um, in the Jets' offense this season. Now, uh, of course, whenever Zach Wilson was at the helm, uh, it wasn't as fun. To play members of the Jets, um, but when even even when Joe Flacco was playing quarterback, you had those first couple games in the season where he threw the ball like fifty-five times, and suddenly you're like, "Well, sure, these aren't exactly good passes, but if you're looking at volume here, uh, there's a ton of opportunity, and because of that, uh, if Brees Hall is insanely talented, I I think yeah, if he comes into next season at, at full health. He's a first rounder. I, I I fully buy into that talent. Garrett Wilson is an incredible talent, and if they get a legitimate quarterback, um, he's he's easily he could very well easily be a top twelve wide receiver in fantasy next season. So I think that the the future is actually bright for this uh, this Jets offense if uh, they add a piece or two. Uh, they've got a couple guys here who will win championships for people next season
2: hmm very very interesting that's our look at the AFC uh one division down seven to go and all of our post regular season editions. um all right guys playoff weekend uh any final thoughts going into the games burst? you got anything from the six games at super wildcard weekend anything um, to look out for
5: oh geez um don't worry about it. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I put you on the spot. Harman, Let's Harman. go
4: Giants, the G-men <laughs> at Minnesota.
2: Oh, man. I, I'm going to enjoy the Seahawks season. And, it, and the only thing that just disappoints me is they play the first game of playoff weekend. So their right. season is likely going to end on Saturday afternoon. I just wish they would have played on Sunday. So it would have seemed like their season lasted a little bit further. It's probably going to end in San Francisco, but it was quite a run. Um, looking forward to it. No, that one's
4: fun. Yeah. And uh, look, I I'm curious to see what it, the fact that you brought up uh, DK Metcalf. I got lots of questions about that guy. Um, but hey, I, I love watching really Walker play and uh, Tyler Lock. It's always fun. Uh, but that Jaguars and Chargers game. Come on, uh-huh. when we talk about young quarterbacks, where we're headed in the league? Yeah. Does Brandon Staley get fired if they get bounced? Like, if Mike Williams is unable to play, is that enough cause to just say beat it? Or you lose outright, especially with Sean Payton looming
2: out there? Yeah, that's the only problem. Because we brought
4: that up a long time ago on the podcast, Dan. uh, And that's gained a little bit of groundswell because he looks really comfortable on the couch over on the Fox lot with Colin. But just the idea of you can go coach Justin Herbert. He's one of 11 guys uh, that started this year that are younger than... uh, stetson bennett to bring it all back to the
2: oh wow yeah (laughs) and
4: that's talking regular starters and that doesn't include desmond ritter so there you go (laughs) or zach wilson who really doesn't Uh, count either
2: stetson bennett's older than kirby smart i don't know what people are talking about (laughs) all right so for ryan (laughs) Bersinger and mike Harmon, i'm dan Byer. we will talk to you next week when Super Wild Card Weekend has come to an end and we look ahead to the divisional playoffs. It's all here on I Want Your Flex. Talk to you next time.
6: Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. Pick up, pick up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Getting ready to take on spring